Hello and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the FLM podcast where we are continuing our journey through the world of sport and digging into all things personal finance. Um, Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a fantastic guest, Mark McDonald, who is the co-founder of Modest Golf. Uh, Mark has worked in sport for over 20 years. Uh, He previously worked at TaylorMade and he now heads up Modest Golf um, along with Niall Horan and the team. Uh, They look after a range of different golfers from across the female and male games. And Mark is very passionate about providing the best support for their golfing talent. So, Mark, great to have you on. And uh, thanks for agreeing to be on the show today. What an intro, Ben. What an intro. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, well, there's lots of ways I could have gone with it, Mark. So I, I thought I'd, uh, you know, just just detail those little bits as opposed to go through the whole uh, whole CV. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, that was a nice top line. And uh, diving straight in, Mark. So so for our listeners, could you give us a little bit of a background as to, you know, you and Modest Golf and, and how it all came around? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, I've, I've worked in sport now for, for the best part of um, 20 years. Um, started out... Um, working in football um, at university um, and then moved on to Adidas and, and then went into player management about six years ago now with my, my good friend, um, Niall Horan. And um, yeah, we, we just felt that um, the demands of athletes were changing and we felt um, we could relate to that. Obviously, Niall was a, um, a super successful young young man in his field and and felt there were a lot of similarities between what he'd been through in the music um, industry and in his journey with what what's going on in sports. So we just felt we could um, help these young players coming through and, and wanted to, to try and have an impact. And fortunately for us, um, obviously, you know, five, six years on, we, we're delighted with, with where we've come and we've obviously got a lot a long way to go, but um, it's been a been a great journey. Yeah, and uh, it, it sounds as though the the world of sport agencies obviously changed quite a lot, and the demands on on these players today are almost greater than they've ever been. So I imagine there's so many different hats you you guys have to wear, right, in terms of what you're looking after for these guys. Yeah, there, there, there definitely is. I mean, you you play agony uncle, you play advisor, you play support system. You know, there's a number of different roles really, but ultimately, you know. I always say this, you know, we've been fortunate to um, have quite a few wins. I think it's close to 20 tour victories now we, we've had. And when people always acknowledge that, we always say we, we are just one small cog in a very sort of well-oiled wheel. And, you know, the coaches and the, the, the fitness instructors and, and all that kind of thing deserve just as much credit. And ultimately, you know, we're all here just to support the athlete and ultimately we can't hit that golf ball for them. So um, we, we're very proud of, of what we do and, and what we achieve. But we always say, you know, we're just one very small part in a, in a bigger, bigger wheel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always, I always think with, with golf, it's, it's such a difficult game. It's such a difficult existence, you know, particularly when you're trying to 
get your card and start out on, on the circuit. And the, the thing that always, I guess, fascinates me about golf compared to other sports is there's not necessarily a set salary, right? It's not like where you're playing for a top football club or a top rugby club and you've got an, a m- monthly income coming in. So, uh, you know, thinking about that, it, it, it's a tough existence, right? Particularly when you're starting out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's only when you, you say that out loud, you, you realise because, you know, there are a lot of golfers, obviously, earning some great money on the PGA tours and the, the European tours and the, the bigger tours around the world. I actually watched Tiger Woods' interview yesterday um, down at the in the Bahamas, and he actually name checked that as well about there's very few sports where you don't have a consistent salary or, or income, right? Um, but that's it in golf. And you know, I was fortunate to to grow up with Justin Rose. My brother um, heads up his management company in Europe. And, you know, to think Justin was seen as one of the most exciting talents um, over the last 30, 40 years in golf. And for the first uh, year of his professional career, he didn't earn one pound on course. You know, he missed 21 missed cuts in a row, right? So um, you suddenly think you can be as talented as you like, but that that takes its toll on your 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 well-being um it causes stress um and suddenly you do start to play to 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 get income right to to keep you going and um you know it's it's one of the major factors you see i think in in young people when they 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 turn professional is that they want that fin- financial stability in order to play golf as carefree as they can, right, without having to worry about covering expenses. Yeah, and it's so different, isn't it? Because if you if you come from a background where there is, you know, support financially, obviously that's a great springboard for you to get going. But it's not cheap as well. And you know, again, again, comparing it to different sports, if you look at football and, and rugby, when you're going around the world um, playing in those sports, your expenses are paid. You know, your your caddy, your hotel, all these things. You know, you've got to pay for it as a golfer, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you're not fixed. You don't have a fixed income, but you have almost fixed overheads. You know, you, you have to, to, to pay a flight. You have to pay accommodation. Lots of time if you miss a cut, that accommodation is still fixed in. Um, you have a caddy who you have to pay regardless of how you perform. So, yeah, it's an it's expensive sport and it's definitely a, a major impact on on um or can affect the performance of young people as they they start out in in professional golf because it's extremely stressful. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether also you always see you know actually you mentioned Tiger Woods. He's coming on the podcast next week, so um, you've you've teed him up nicely there. Um, <laughs> but uh, we. <laughs> we're speaking to his people. He hasn't yet responded, but we'll um, we'll keep you updated on that. Um, but. But I think when it comes to the top of the game, clearly, you know, we all know there's a huge amount of money in the top of the game and the sponsorship deals are huge and the prizes, if you, you win the majors, clearly they're, they're, they're amazing. And I know there's obviously a lot going on in the world of golf at the moment in terms of um, what, what future tours and, and other things might look like. Um, but, but I wonder if you could comment on, you know, the bottom end. So, so what about when you're scraping around trying to keep your card? I mean, how how tough is it then financially? Is 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 there still enough money at that end of the game, or is it you know slim pickings? Um, yeah, it's a it's a good question, and I think you know um, the rise of the the tours such as the Clutch Pro Tour and the Alps Tour. You know these are great feeding grounds for players to to learn their trade and break through. 
Uh, Guido Migliozzi, you know, a great example of that. Um, had a had had a great couple of years on the the pro ranks. Won twice on the European Tour in 2019. Uh, now a top 100 golfer in the world. Um, some great brand partners in Callaway and Adidas, and he's really arrived, if you like, in in the professional golf world. And just you know, he only just re- you know missed out on the Ryder Cup by a few spots. But he he learned his trade on the Alps Tour. He won a couple of times and what have you. So whilst those tours don't necessarily re- reward you significantly financially, they teach you how to win, um, and they teach you how to win in a crop of really hungry young golfers. So it, it teaches you a lot. Um, but those tours are doing a wonderful job for for helping. Um, prepare young people to break through onto the major tours. Um, so, you know, definitely those sorts of tours are doing well to raise finance and and good prize funds. And the Clutch Pro Tour, I think, is, you know, one of the biggest prize funds um, on one and two day golf, uh, got the golf circuit. So those tours are doing really well to introduce young professionals into the game. I think the Challenge Tour are doing a wonderful job. Um, in answer to your question, is there enough money? Um, I think, you know, the last couple of years, we've had all sorts of challenges and the, the tours have done a wonderful job to keep prize funds good. And um, you mentioned about the introductory of possible new tours. I think if anything, that's made the European tour and the PGA tours really look at their business models. They're working closer together now. They're providing more opportunities for um the European tour players to make it on the PGA tour. I just used Guido Migliozzi there as an example. Um, during the pandemic, um, the European tour introduced their in order of merit with the top 10 players qualifying for the US Open. Guido um, secured a top spot in that, that top 10, got him into the US Open. He came top five. He's playing the Masters in the US Open and the Open next year off the back of it. So, you know, not only, I think sometimes it is easy just to look at prize funds. And I think a lot of the young golfers would say, you know, they didn't sort of hold putts when they were five, six years old to win $100. It was about to win the Open or to win the Masters. So I think it's a two sort of pronged um, statement, really. I think on one hand, I think, yes, of course, hopefully more, more and more sponsors are, are seeing the value in professional golf particularly in the ladies game where they're really seeing a spike now in interest, which is great to see. But I also think the tours are doing an amazing job of providing opportunities for players to, to further their careers. And and Guido is a fine example of that, you know? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's such a fantastic story, but I guess golf is just sort of littered with, with stories like that. And it always, I find it so wild how small the line is between, you know, if you have one good week, how that can affect, you know, the, the following season, right? It, it's incredible. It, it really is. You know, you have one good day at the office and it can change your life forever. Um, and there are so many sort of stories in that. And, and sadly, the other end of that, you know, you've heard of, you know, golfers in the past, you've lost their tour card by 500 euros or, or what have you, you know, it, it's tough. Um, but professional sport is right. And the the ups are ups and the, the downs are downs. And, and that's really difficult for sometimes these young guys to, to, to process. And um, they have a lot sort of, they have a lot of noise around them, which, um, you know, um, prevents them sometimes from performing to their best of their abilities. And that's, that's I think, what, what you find when young players break through. A lot of them go on slightly different paths. Some are just easier. Some are just to, you know, even 
even as an amateur, suddenly going to play golf where you're putting for, you know, to make the cut, which will cover your costs, or you're putting to to win £5,000, which will help pay for your next month's expenses. You know, it doesn't always happen like that, but playing playing professional sport for financial reward over just playing it for the love of the game as you do as an amateur, it's a different mindset. It's definitely a shift. And there's so many studies out there that suggest as soon as the stakes become really high, particularly from financially, performance dips. And, and that's what must be so hard for these guys at the top level, you know, where they're just breaking in and they've got a putt that might be worth, you know, 50,000, 100,000, whatever it is. I mean, it's it's huge, right? Yeah, and, and I don't think there's any professional athlete out there who once at some point they've allowed external noise to affect them in some way, you know, whether that is a financial uh, bit of noise or whether it be, you know, thinking about the outcome rather than focusing on taking a shot at a time and what have you. You hear many stories and, you know, I think even the best golfers in the world still uh, make mistakes now, right, based on getting ahead of themselves um, in the process of trying to perform and, and deliver a good round of golf. So, um, yeah, it's obviously, I guess, more 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 common in, in younger players. But, um, you know, the, the best ones learn quickly. And, um, you know, we, we always say when, when we sign a young player, you're really signing them for three to five years to allow them to find their way in professional sport. They will make mistakes along the way. We, we all do, right, when we're starting out in careers, regardless of, uh, what career we we choose, we all sort of make mistakes and uh, learn from it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's obviously super rewarding to see it when they 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 have their breakthrough, and then there will be a tipping point when they start to earn that level of money, which really they can then invest back into their their game. Uh, then they really can just play and and focus on on you know winning tournaments. Yeah, it's such. I mean, the the one thing I guess that golfers have going for them compared to to some other sports as well is that longevity. You know, you you've seen golfers, Phil Mickelson winning another major at forty nine or whatever it was last year, and and you see a lot of golfers um, playing, you know, well into their fifties and, and going on the Champions Tour potentially, all those sorts of things. So you've got greater longevity, I, I guess. I mean, one of the other things I wanted to quickly touch on, TV rights have obviously gone up hugely over the years. And, and I think we saw a couple of weeks ago when it comes to football and the Premier League, the, the, the US contract over there is potentially going to be double the amount of money than it was in, in 2015. So it's obviously, you know, it's becoming bigger and bigger and, and golf seems to be following a similar path, um, particularly during the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of people took up the game. What what's next for the the world of golf and um, sort of two part question? What's what, what next for the the game of golf? But also, how does that translate into the women's game? Because the women's game seems to be growing as well as as you mentioned. So I mean, firstly, yeah, I think the pandemic obviously was um, and still is um, was such a incredibly tough time for so many people. Um, but in terms of the golf industry specifically it actually um, helped the industry because I think it, it reminded a lot of people about the game of golf. So many people had maybe checked out of the sport a few years ago, but still had a set of clubs in the shed or what have you. And suddenly when we're faced with having to be socially distant, uh, but being outdoors is safe, golf was your number one go-to sport really, wasn't it? So the industry as a whole saw a huge spike, um, which is great to see. And I think 
even now as we start to slowly move away from the pandemic um, all being well, I'm sure you'll lose a few of those people who, who came into the sport, but the numbers are still staying very high. It, it's great to see. And with that demand, we'll obviously, you know, sponsors will follow, right? Because um, TV viewing on in golf is, is up. The interest has never been as, as high, really, probably from maybe the 90s, right? When Tiger was at, it, at his peak. Um, that's probably the last time that um, we saw sort of this level of interest in golf. So that's amazing. Um, with that, will you know you will see increased prize funds. You'll see um, certainly bigger tournaments um, on the schedule, bigger prize funds. Um, and then regarding the ladies' game, I think uh, just in general, the world's changing right in so many different ways. And I think um, the sports industry, and particularly the golf industry, has recognised more than ever how it's unacceptable for um the industry not collectively to support women in the industry not just through professional sport but through creating job opportunities and getting them more on an equal platform um and we're we're a proud part of that movement and modest golf have the only um european tour and lpga event which um, celebrates an equal prize fund it's a three million dollar prize pot split down the middle 1.5 1.5 um, and yeah, you can see now some of the girls are getting more profiles. Um, the likes of Justin Rose with his his Rose Lady series has has supported the women, and it's just great to see. And it's it's way overdue, and um, we we look forward to doing as much as we can um, to, to to support that movement. But um, you know, KPMG we we work with with Leona McGuire, and they have a great saying, which is. If you can't see it, you can't be it. And I just think that really sums it up. You know, how do we expect young young girls to aspire to be, um, to aspire to play sport if they can't have uh, female icons themselves, right? And I think the more we put uh, these incredible female athletes on a, on a platform, the more it will inspire the next generation of girls to, to come through and whether it be golf, whether it be basketball, whether it be soccer, I know women's soccer has seen a huge spike as well. Um, so it's exciting to see. Yeah. And, and you know, to, to your guys' credit, that that event was fantastic in Ireland last year. I know it's going to be bigger and better ne next year, you know, hopefully with um, less restrictions. But I've always found it amazing that there's not more platforms like that because I found it so great to see you know, the ladies and the men playing the same course, um, you know, obviously on, on separate days and that sort of thing. But seeing how they each play it, seeing the strategy of, of where the guys might drive to, or where the ladies might drive to and how they play their approach shots. It was just it was fascinating. And I think to give that platform is is just amazing. So um, hopefully there'll be more of that, more of that to come. I did want to touch on one more thing, um, just around, obviously, in terms of personal finance, we've seen a lot of... Um, Golfers down the year run into to problems. Just last week, I was listening to someone from from Tony Jacklin, and he was saying how you know he had a big problem in in a sort of mid stage of his career, and and there's countless stories about that, obviously from the world of sport. So you know, young golfers starting out, obviously you know they might start earning some good money. Do you do you feel like you you need to give them advice? They look to you. You know, what what would you say to a, a young golfer starting out? Yeah, it's a really interesting point, right? And I think. Um... What you don't want is young players to break through and um, their career be prevented through bad financial advice or through bad planning. 
Um, whilst we always remain independent um, as a management company, we advise, we suggest, we'll connect uh, people. We'll always advise young players to seek independent financial advice to get the best um, advice which is accessible to them. Um, there are a number of different headaches from exchange, you know, foreign exchange, through traveling, through managing finances, through investing, tax. You know, there's so many different avenues these guys need to um, to see. And, and, and so many of the golfers, the first thing they'll say is, look, <laughs> I just want to hit golf balls. I just want to play great golf. And, and it's noise they, they don't really, really need, right? So we always advise to... Um, to seek financial advice from, you know, we've obviously got a great relationship with FLM and, and um, you guys have a great reputation in the industry. So, uh, yeah, they, they would always ask and uh, we give honest feedback and we, we connect them to, to people like yourself and we encourage them to seek, seek advice so it doesn't become an issue, you know, and it all, it all boils down to, to planning, you know, plan well and um, it, it tends to have a knock on to your performance, right? Yeah, and you you know, you hear a lot of um, people say that you never know in, in sport and entertainment particularly, you never know where, when it's going to be your last paycheck, right? So it's it's so easy to, to think that those earnings will last forever and all of a sudden an injury or, you know, something happens to your form and, and it's not the case. So, so you're absolutely right. I, th- I think the one thing as well is just... Just making sure you, you you hear different voices, right? So so it's all very well if someone sits there and, and gives you advice, but but speak to a few different people, right? You know, get get some second, third, fourth opinions on on anything that's being advised to you, which which we always encourage. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, uh, Modest Management is a, an entertainment company as well, and we look after a lot of young musicians who come through and and suddenly see you know their earnings earnings spike, but. You're right. It's about planning for post career. It's about investing. You know, it's about um, just being truly, you know, careful and and making a good plan. So whether you have a ten year career or a thirty year career, you're sort of planning for for when things do change and when maybe your earnings drop. So um, yeah, so that's something we would always advise players to seek advice. And as you say, it's like any any service right you you can shop around you can speak to two or three different people and then ultimately the player will will make that decision on on who they want in their team no different to a coach a caddy management and what have you yeah absolutely the 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 face has definitely got to fit when it comes to um to anyone in your team so completely agree there well look mark that's been really um really brilliant and thanks for being so open open on the um on the podcast uh, before before i let you go i just wanted to uh, say so you know what what's next for for golf you know what what do you what are your predictions for 2022 obviously it's been i know you've had a bit of a tough time recently getting your team back from the johannesburg open so hopefully a bit less of that in in 2022 but but what do you see happening and um, do you think we're heading in a good place when it comes to golf? Yeah, I think we really are. Um, I think the golf industry is in a great spot and it's ultimately up to all of us now collectively to, to keep those people who've, who've joined, joined the industry and, you know, post-pandemic, you know, to, to really keep them and, and give content for them to really get their teeth into. So I think it's a really exciting time. I think the PGA Tour and the European Tour have never been more aligned. Um, so it will give real great opportunities for people, you know, young players in Europe to see a pathway to the PGA Tour. And um, I think 
the w- women in sport and women in golf has never been as good. Lots more work to do still. The momentum needs to keep going. I think the work European Tour have done with a disability um, angle as well. Um, it's really, we obviously are proud to uh, represent the world number one disability golfer, Brendan Lawler. And what he and some of his uh, colleagues are doing to encourage um, disability, people with a disability um, into the game is, is also um, incredibly rewarding and inspiring to see. So I think it's a great time to be in the golf industry and the world really continues to, to settle down and uh, we get back to a real, real normal world very soon. Yeah, yeah, it was great to see Brendan winning the other day again. I know he had had another win under his belt, which is great. And um, I, I couldn't let you go of also saying how good was the Solheim Cup and, and particularly Leona, right? Uh, it was incredible. I mean, we've obviously represented Leona now for a few years and um, her career has gone from strength to strength every year. Uh, but golf's an individual sport, right? You very rarely get to play in a team environment and Leona just feeds off that and... Uh, she had a great CV as an amateur playing in team events, but to make the Solheim, to get four and a half points out of five and to to really, you know, drag, to really drive the European team on. She was so inspiring, I think. And even as a rookie, she really led by example, uh, which was great to see. And I, I really feel that um, it made more and more people aware of, of Leona Maguire and what she is and what she stands for. But she's an incredibly lovely, amazing young girl with a great team, a great family around her. And I, and I really think, you know, that, you know, you're only going to see Leona more and more at the top of leaderboards and uh, winning some amazing tournaments very soon. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't want to play her in, in match play. Um, I think she'd be uh, one of the toughest competitors out there. No, I wouldn't either. No, great. Well, look, Mark, I really appreciate your time. Um, good luck for the coming years. And um, we look forward to, to seeing how Modest and the team and obviously the, the talent that you look after continue to perform. And um, yeah, we really appreciate you being on today. And uh, we'll, we'll see you in 2022, I'm sure. Our pleasure. And uh, thank you for all your continued support. You know, it's... Um, FLM have been amazing to Modest and our players hugely respect what you guys stand for. And it's uh, great to see people in your world who are so trusted and um, we really appreciate all the support. So thank you. Thank you, Mark. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening today. Um, Stay tuned for some more of these uh, Money Diaries uh, across different sports in the coming weeks. We've got some uh, more fantastic guests lined up and um, we look forward to bringing those to you. Thanks very much and see you all soon.